Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dirty Steel Toe Boots, a podcast by the law firm of Ogletree Deacons. It's for employers and those that are in their legal, safety, and HR departments who need to better understand OSHA as an agency and the law that governs it. I'm your host, Philip Russell. I'm a shareholder in the Tampa office of the firm. I have a national practice in which I've handled around 200 fatality OSHA cases and hundreds of other types of OSHA cases. We have one of the largest workplace safety and health practice groups in the country. We cover all 50 states with extensive experience, not only in Fed OSHA, but also state OSHA plans like uh, Cal OSHA. We've got a lot of folks out there like Kevin Bland and Karen Tynan that help us uh, with Cal OSHA. Our approach is simple, but perhaps not easy. We help our clients avoid or minimize OSHA citations and improve safety. This podcast, of course, you guys have heard me say this before, is about education not about legal advice for specific circumstances. But it is, as an employer, it's important for you all to know what you can and can't do, but also know what OSHA can and cannot do under the law. Uh, And you cannot, of course, help to hold the agency accountable to the law if you don't know something about it yourself. So thanks for for coming. I'm glad you guys stuck with us through 2022. We did some episodes. uh, We covered some interesting issues. uh, Wrapped up towards the end of the year with women in construction and safety with uh, Mandy Kustra. We talked about uh, death by suicide in the construction industry with my friend Vince Hefeli as well. And uh, we talked about corporate counsel's role in managing OSHA compliance, the heat illness, of course, that's coming. I'll talk a little bit about that today. The ETS, obviously a very hot, popular topic at the beginning of last year. And uh, a little bit of basics about who is OSHA and why might they show up and who are the solicitors. So if you missed any of those 2022 episodes, go check them out. In 2023, uh, we're going to be publishing this podcast and we're going to shoot for a bi-weekly schedule. Uh, You should be listening to this sometime in the second week of January in 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. The intent is for us to cover OSHA's regulatory, enforcement, inspection, citation, and litigation priorities. That's a lot. We'll cover some breaking news and developments as well and things that employers may want to consider uh, as we keep an eye on the agency this year. And I won't do it alone. As with last year, I'll be having guests joining me from time to time to add to the discussion. We'll also be breaking down some case studies and offering our thoughts and commentary, but without, of course, that specific legal advice part that we won't be doing. I want to just take a moment and just uh, pay some honor and respects to several of my former colleagues who are no longer with us. Art Sapper, John Martin, and Karen Burford. We lost all three of them and and just really a tough run over the last year. And uh, Art Sapper being the most recent before that, John Martin, uh, all very, very good friends. And, uh, and all three would have at one point been a guest on the podcast here. Fabulous lawyers, but more importantly, fabulous people. So we as a practice group, I know I'm speaking on behalf of all my colleagues in the practice group and the firm that we, we miss them dearly. And if you knew them, then uh, your thoughts and prayers for the families are always appreciated. So let's get started with today's episode. Uh, this, As I said, this should be uh, sometime in the second week of 2023. Oh, and by the way, I will be doing this one solo today, but there will be a lot of guests during the year. But this one, I've decided to go solo. It might also be a little bit brief, more brief, uh, trying to target around 25 minutes for these. We'll see if we can bring it in around 20 minutes today. 
uh, if not short of that, because I'm just going to give you some reasons why I think OSHA is going to be more active in 2023 and hopefully uh, get some thoughts going in your mind and some discussions and perhaps some things you may want to consider in your own either legal department, safety department, or among your, your HR and anybody, again, as I said, in management that's responsible for dealing with OSHA uh, as an agency and then keeping an eye on them from a regulatory watchdog perspective. So happy uh, happy New Year, everybody. Let's uh, let's get started. Uh, so ultimately, let's ask the question, what will OSHA do in 2023? It's my view that you'll see a more aggressive agency than the first two years of the Biden presidency. I think there are three reasons for that. I think that uh, number one, there's a regulatory acceleration I think that we're going to see. Number two, a political urgency just because of the timing uh, of the administration going into the last two years of the first term. And then economic forces. I think there are some economic forces at play here that lead me to believe that we're going to see a lot more activity, a lot more aggressive agency from OSHA. So let's go through those one by one. Number one, the regulatory acceleration. So Doug Parker, the uh, assistant secretary, he's the head of OSHA. Uh, you know, long, long job titles in Washington, as you all know, but Doug Parker came from Cal OSHA, uh, doing a good job of leading OSHA now. And I say good job, but I can say that and say he's doing a good job and also say he might disagree with him from a policy perspective, and that's okay. It's okay for us to disagree, folks, right? So Doug and his team, they really want to move forward with their regulatory agenda, including some new standards for COVID and healthcare, which we may see very soon. Uh, my colleague, uh, John Sermon, I know just uh, penned an article with one of our other new colleagues whose name escapes me, I apologize about that. So take a look at, uh, at our blog on the firm and you'll see there's an article there about the healthcare COVID standard. And then heat illness. Heat illness is one I think that we're gonna see come up in 2023. I'll go over the reasons why, but overall, I think you're gonna see an acceleration in the regulatory process in 2023 and in 2024, because the White House has a new person in charge of the final step of the regulatory process. And that person is Professor Richard Revez, R-E-V-E-S-Z. Professor Revez has now been confirmed as the director of the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs, or OIRA. That office is part of the Office of Management and Budget at the White House. And you, you may remember some of our discussions with the emergency temporary standard with COVID in OSHA back at the end of 2021, first of 2022, and how that agency is the last stop for proposed OSHA standards. And Dr. Professor Revez's appointment uh, is interesting to me because he does have a long academic history of siding with government regulations. His expertise is uh, in the area of environmental regulations and uh, in, in his approach, he has an approach that really strongly defers to bureaucratic determinations on costs and benefits in really minimizing input from the business community. And we'll see how that plays out in, in practice, but I think that it's it's interesting to note that Professor Revez, I guess I should now say Director uh, Revez, has been highly critical of prior administrations, including Democratic ones, I'm not being, not being political here, that he believes listen too much to the business community and the practical effectiveness and benefits of proposed regulations should be something um, where with probably perhaps some less less of an ear towards concerns in the business community. So I think that means that we're gonna see some acceleration in that front. And right now, if you were to look at what OSHA has in the pipeline, 
Uh, in the pre-rural stage, the one most important of note is the heat illness prevention in outdoor and indoor work settings. That one has not yet reached the point of, of, um, of a proposed rule. There are some in the proposed rule stage, and the, and the one I referred to earlier about heat. While heat is in pre-rule stage, in the proposed rule stage, you've got infectious diseases, you've got amendments to cranes and derricks in construction, a new tree care standard, PPE in construction, powered industrial trucks, the, the uh, standard update there, some updates of walking and working surfaces, uh, and then, of course, improved tracking of workplace injuries and illnesses, which put a big asterisk on that one. Uh, I think that could be a bigger impact than some folks are, are anticipating at this point. And then in the final rule stage, we do have that emergency temporary standard in healthcare that uh, has reached its final stages. And again, go, go check out John Sermon's article on where we stand there. It's interesting to see what this pipeline looks like now. I'll be very interested in what it looks like a year from now to see what has, which one of these have moved along. And I think that uh, with Revez in that position, I think that you're going to see an acceleration there. So that's reason number one. I think you might see some increased regulatory activity from the agency is that pipeline is going to have not so much of a bottleneck at the end of the process, uh, but may even be more open to moving regulations along. In, in considerations, I think, that go beyond what we've seen before. And this is where Professor Rivez comes in with his view that maybe not shouldn't be listening so much to the business community. So we'll see. Uh, what does that mean for, uh, for industry associations and employers that are wanting to get a have a say? Well, it doesn't mean don't, don't talk. It doesn't mean don't submit comments. It perhaps means you should add uh, submitting comments to proposed regulations with more vigor than before, uh, something to consider there. Number two, the political urgency item. You know, the midterms are over now. We're entering the second half of President Biden's first term. Uh, the House and the Senate is split between the parties. And so I think you're gonna see the administration's reliance upon regulatory moves become even more important. I think you're gonna look to see specifically at OSHA to increase its reliance on administrative actions, such as proposed standards, as I've just discussed, but also some national emphasis programs. I think you may see an uptick there. And I think it's going to be something I'm particularly interested in OSHA's national emphasis program on its severe violator enforcement program. Uh, the agency updated that guidance last year in 2022, but I think there may be more on that coming soon. I have no insider information. And if I did, I, I wouldn't share it on the podcast, but I think that my own observation is that and I think some of my others in, the, in our practice group share uh, a, a keen eye towards what the SBEP program looks like uh, once it was updated last year and will there continue to be some upgrades or further aggressive use of the SBEP uh, in the next two years. I think there is a feeling in the administration that of the political urgency to get things done and executive agency action is really their best option right now considering the makeup of Congress uh, and of course the Supreme Court. Third area, these economic forces. I think that there are some looming economic challenges. We'll leave it up to you all to debate how bad you think it may be or will be. But I think some looming economic challenges in the construction industry in particular. I want to point out the likely uh, continuation of facing a labor shortage. You know, employers have got to, uh, are going to have to continue to rely upon less experienced workers, temporary workers, new subcontractors, and OSHA knows this, and the agency is closely watching for improved safety training and compliance for workers in these categories who sometimes uh, tragically get overlooked for training and orientation. 
There's some recent BLS, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, and other data that show fatalities are up. And again, I'm going to especially point out construction and trenching in particular. And the agency's scrutiny of employers' actions or inaction in light of this data will be reflected in how it targets industries and employers for inspections and aggressive citations. So I think those are, are three reasons why I think that you may see a more aggressive agency in 2023. Let, let's focus on one thing in particular, and let's talk about the, the heat illness standard that is uh, still in the pre-rule stage. We don't know exactly what OSHA wants to do. We do know that from October of 20, October 27, 2021, OSHA issued what's called the Advanced Notice of Proposed Rulemaking, which began the process. And of course, what did OSHA do? as it's required to do is to ask the regulated community, meaning employers, to submit comments on whether or not it should issue a standard. And if so, what do employers think about various components such as the heat illness prevention plans, PPE, climatization, exposure monitoring, and then planning and responding to heat illness emergencies, training, and other items. Well, the comment period closed about a year ago in January 26, 2022, I guess I should say, don't, don't let that stop you. If you have something to share, OSHA is still listening. I've actually had several meetings with clients, uh, four clients and industry associations on the issue with the agency. So if you do have more to add, uh, I would don't wait on a proposed rule. If you have something to say, you may want to consider doing some further, you know, reach out to the agency. So what's the next step? Well, the next step is for the agency to issue a notice of proposed rulemaking in which it would have the text of the proposed rule. My thinking is it's going to come in 2023. And again, I don't have any inside information on this about the timing. And I think there's one critical reason we'll see that notice of proposed rulemaking in 2023. And that's what I pointed out earlier. Professor Rivez uh, being at the, uh, you know, such a zealous supporter of environmental regulations, especially those he believes promotes desirable climate change. And no surprise here because OSHA's advanced notice of proposed rulemaking for heat illness cites climate change as one of the reasons a workplace heat illness standard is needed. So I think that uh, Professor Rivez being the head of OIRA could be one reason. The second reason is he also has in the past advocated for regulatory process that considers what's called distributional impact, meaning how a regulation or a hazard that it purports to address may impact minority communities. Let's go back again to OSHA's advanced notice of proposed rulemaking. And it says, quote, workers of color disproportionately make up the population of employees in essential jobs who are exposed to high levels of heat, comma, which exacerbates socioeconomic and racial inequalities in the U.S., close quote. So directly from OSHA's own words, I think really match up uh, nicely with what Professor Rivez has advocated for before, what I think we may be expect for him out of OIRA. So it seems to me that his confirmation is uh, to lead OIRA is alone enough reason for us to expect that we may see that heat illness notice of proposed rulemaking in 2023. Probably also along the other lines that we've seen uh, in terms of the regulatory acceleration of political urgencies as well. On a related note, because I know some folks have asked this question, you know, maybe I'll throw in another fearless prediction here, and that is the employers in the business community will likely challenge that heat illness standard in court probably on the same basis they challenged the COVID emergency temporary standard, and that is that heat is the same kind of hazard as a society-wide infectious disease. What will happen? I don't know. I'm not even going to venture that guess, but I think that I'll just predict the challenges will come along those lines. So 
An interesting thing to note happened on January 5th. That is, the Federal Trade Commission has attempted to impose a regulatory ban on all non-compete agreements. All right, why am I talking about that during an OSHA podcast? Because I think it does point to something that employers ought to be mindful of, and that is how one federal agency acts, others might follow suit. And what strikes me interesting about the FTC's proposed rule is that there may be some similarities to the attempt and the legal challenges to what happened with OSHA's COVID emergency temporary standard. And you may recall, of course, as I just discussed, it was challenged in court. Those challenges went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court struck down the ETS about a year ago now uh, on the basis that the statute, Occupational Safety and Health Act, did not give OSHA clear statutory authority for such a sweeping workplace mandate. So now with the FTC rule, we're going to watch that. Even as OSHA watchers, we're going to watch this other agency to see what happens because it is a broad regulation. I think they even know it themselves that, that it, it will impact millions of workplaces. I think that's the intent. It'll be interesting to see what kind of challenges come up. I think that you have already seen some commentary uh, from uh, some experts in that area opine that they believe the challenges, I think, are going to be similar to what we saw with OSHA in terms of the statute uh, for the Federal Trade Commission not having the express authority granted to uh, the agency, to the FTC. That's almost the exact same argument that uh, business groups made in challenging the emergency temporary standard last year and were successful. Why is all this important? We'll wrap it up here in just a few minutes, but why is all this important? Well, if you, uh, if, if, uh, if the tea leaf reading we're doing together today is, uh, is correct and we should expect to see a more aggressive agency, then that means we would expect to see an increase in, in inspection numbers, an increase in citations, increases in proposed penalties for those citations, the number of items in the citations. And also, I think some less, we're going to see a decrease in the amount of negotiating that OSHA does when it comes to citations that have been issued. So it really comes back around to what we started off this discussion with today, and that is that it is very important for employers to know their rights, know what you as an employer can and can't do under the law, and know what OSHA can and can't do under the law. 2023 is upon us. Hopefully you'll be tuning in with us again on some future podcasts in 2023. We'll continue to watch the agency, see if they do increase the regulatory they add to the regulatory pipeline and then accelerate what's already there. Keep an eye on the political urgency, these economic forces, and do our best to keep you updated on not only the law, but also talk about some best practices and things employers should consider when going through an OSHA inspection. Thanks for joining me today. Again, it's Philip Russell with Ogletree Deacons. Uh, the podcast is Dirty Steel Toe Boots. We hope to see you next time. Thank you, folks. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.